0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. Continuing our discussion on substance use disorders, I have made a promise. Um, I wanted to spend at least one podcast, one program, one broadcast, on CBD, uh, also known as, I'm going to try to pronounce this, cannabidiol cannabidiol. Uh, we're just going to call it CBD uh, for the sake of not having to go through that. Uh, it's spelled C-A-N-N-A-B-I-D-I-O-L, cannabidiol. And it's positive. <laughs> Everything we've said thus far has been mostly turned to the negative. Uh, certainly with substance use or misuse and particularly illicit substances. But this is turned to a very positive, ending on a very positive sort of presentation or note. CBD is a chemical in the cannabis sativa plant, also uh, known as hemp or marijuana. And... uh, there are over 80 chemicals known as cannabinoids that have been identified in the cannabis plant. And uh, this particular um, substance, cannabinoids, is much coming from marijuana. And marijuana, of course, also has, in addition to CBD, THC. uh, As much THC is the major active ingredient in marijuana, CBD is also obtained from hemp. As well as marijuana. Uh, the good news is, is that they can separate the CBD and the THC. And uh, with that, then uh, result is to remove the tetrahydro from the cannabinol. And uh, with that, then leave us with this substance, CBD, uh, as well as again, hemp is a source of CBD, uh, which contains Uh, Very small, if undetectable, uh, if, as with no influence, (laughs) THC, amounts of THC were, again, uh, combined. Uh, The THC is a psychoactive substance (laughs) as well as an illicit substance. Uh, There was a bill passed in 2018 called the Farm Bill where it became legal to sell hemp and hemp products in the U.S. However, not all hemp-derived CBD products are legal. Since CBD has been studied as a new drug, it can be legally included in food or dietary supplements. What that basically is saying is that though hemp-derived CBD products Uh, for the most part, have been legalized. They're not all legalized. And with that, you should seek out, if you were to want to pursue uh, any, uh, based on any of the things that we say today, uh, pursue more research or interest, even to the point of uh, uh, trying the CBD product, do so certainly uh, at your own sort of discretion and, I suppose, some risk, Make sure that the CBD that you purchase is considered to be legal in the jurisdiction, the state, the place, the geographical area in which you purchase it. Otherwise, we do not want to encourage anybody to do anything that has yet to be uh, fully uh, vetted uh, as with, again, risk of uh, going to jail. Uh, Chasing all that down, though, Uh, Most of the CBD that is on the market is certainly legal, and with that, uh, although not all of it is of same quality, and possibly as with over 80 chemicals that have the designation of CBD, um, what we want to make sure of is, is that you get the right one. Now, you may be, at this particular point, interested in where I'm getting all my data or information, and uh, that is from, I believe, to be one of the most reliable sources available, certainly to individuals who uh, do what I do for a living. It is WebMD, and uh, as much as that is a commercial venture, nonetheless, uh, it is a very, again, I guess, uh, what would be the word well-respected resource for uh, the medical counseling, psychological counseling uh, industries. So having said that, then we want to chase down, okay, there's a lot of possibility of not getting what you really need since most of this is sold on the open market as with not pharmaceutically manufactured, as with, again, labeled (laughs) food or dietary supplement, uh, it's hard to always know whether you're getting what you're being sold. Uh, Again, there's a credibility issue, not necessarily with the CBD, and as we continue the podcast today, uh, as I've tried to tie it to WebMD, Uh, And it being a credible source, I do believe there's a lot of credibility to CBD. But once again, there's all sorts of variants. Whatever you do, if you should choose to act on any of this information, do so with great consideration, do so with your own study and research, do so with consultation to those that uh, you might have access to and consider to be credible. Uh, Talk to your family doctor about it. (laughs) Talk to your psychiatrist about it, who is also a medical doctor. Talk to your psychological counselor, who is not a medical doctor, but has much training uh, in biology, uh, has training in uh, biological neurotransmitter, sort of properties, actions, not only of psychoactive substances, but also naturally occurring in your body. Uh, have some experience with pharmacology from at least a general sort of studied perspective. Uh, it's been included in their education. Uh, and as much, none of us beyond medical doctors could prescribe any medication, CBD is, again, not controlled, uh, and so does not require a, a physician's prescription to attain it, uh, or at least not controlled by the FDA. So there can be recommendations made, much along the lines of recommendations for melatonin. Uh, as one example, uh, St. John's Wort was another uh, herbal Dietary supplement <laughs> maybe be labeled as a food that we believed uh, had some uh, psychological or psychoactive benefits, uh, particularly when it comes to treating depression several years ago. But, but there's aisles, <laughs> literally, at your local um, big box store, as they call them, uh, and probably pharmacies, um, drugstores, that sell products like this. Uh, but it is always with that moniker of buyer beware. So, this is my disclaimer and disclosure to you. Buyer beware. And as much, again, I want to uh, afford some uh, credence or credibility to the benefits of CBD, I don't want to oversell it, and I certainly would never, ever want to mislead anyone. Uh, into believing something that really hasn't been fully established, again, researched to the point of uh, um, established validity and reliability, empirically sound, evidence-based, those type of things. So, there are many therapeutic claims, then, that go with CBD. Uh, But... CBD of course has to be studied uh, in controlled trials, Uh, and even if it's not going to be something that the FDA regulates, uh, you would still want to make sure whoever sells it, whoever the manufacturer is, has attempted to maintain some pharmacy grade uh, standard uh, in the production of the CBD. And uh, along with that then, that it has uh, enough exposure, you have confidence that if it weren't good, uh, if there was something not right about it, uh, you probably would have heard about it by now. Uh, There would be lawsuits and all sorts of things that might go along with that. Uh, CBD then can only be included in cosmetic products and only if it contains less than 3% THC. Uh, This is in addition to foods and dietary supplements. Uh, But there are still products labeled as supplements on the market that contain CBD. The amount of CBD contained in these products is not always reported accurately on the product label. Again, um, even within the same manufacturer, the same uh, label, product, identification... Each batch might be different if it's not done, again, within certain protocols, again, pharmaceutical standards. Uh, And I would (laughs) emphasize then, add to that, the highest of standards. Um, And that's the trouble with most dietary supplements, Uh, foods, certainly, (laughs) as much as they're processed, and even cosmetic products, uh, which means um, that they're more uh, topical, uh, applied, I think that would be the word to use, uh, applied uh, externally to the skin as opposed to uh, necessarily ingested. So, having said that, again, be careful. Buyer, beware. Now, of the things, however, <laughs> and things would be uh, therapeutic benefits of CBD that has been established, well-established, is that CBD is most commonly used for seizure disorders, uh, as with, example, epilepsy. Many people also use it for anxiety pain management, dystonia, which is a muscle disorder, Parkinson's disease, Crohn's disease, and many other similar conditions. But with all of those, (laughs) uh, excepting then the seizure disorder, although scientific evidence exists, we do not consider the evidence to be significant enough to say that it is good. Uh, Solid, which doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that, again, more research must be done before it can be fully vetted. How does CBD affect the brain, or how does it work? definitely has an effect on the brain. The exact cause, however, for these effects are as yet unidentified, not clear. However, CBD seems to prevent the breakdown of a chemical in the brain that affects pain, the sensation of pain, mood, which would make it again, psychoactive, as well as mental functioning, which would fall under the category of being psychoactive. Preventing the breakdown of this chemical and increasing its levels in the blood seems to reduce also, very psychologically speaking, what we call psychotic symptoms, which are, as any of you who might have endured all, I think it's been 21 episodes heretofore, and this makes the 22nd of the series, know that psychoses is a matter of hallucination, as well as delusional thinking. There is false reads, sensory experiences, I guess misperceptions as well, as well as thoughts that really are not rational, logical, reasoned, thus distortions of reality. One of the more common delusions, as with those type of think thoughts or that type of thinking, would be, as with example, paranoia. And we've talked about that, of course, within the context of THC. And most often, symptoms such as these are associated with psychotic disorders. One of the most commonly uh, recognizable psychotic disorders would be schizophrenia, but also possibly other Psychotic Disorders, according to the American Psychiatric Association Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, that would include, then, hallucinations and delusional thinking. CBD might also, according to WebMD, block some of the psychoactive effects of the THC, which probably then gets into, I'm not sure if it's appropriate to call it an ART, uh, but the art of refining manufacturing um, certain grade of THC uh, so that animal husbandry no that would be animals whatever would be the equivalent of that with plants where they would uh, then um, attempt to increase, amounts of psychoactive and lesser amounts of those things that otherwise might counter the psychoactive when it comes to uh, the growing um, of marijuana, hemp plants, so that it's loaded toward more psychoactive effect. Uh, Again, I think that would be considered to be an art. Uh, It is science in the sense that we do that with all sorts of plants (laughs) that we find beneficial to increase production. Uh, We can modify, to some extent, the um, content of nutrients in the plants. So it it would follow the same line, uh, at least pursuit But there are many variants now of THC or marijuana that have higher amounts of the psychoactive chemicals and possibly lesser amounts of the uh, CBD, which otherwise would negate some of the or block some of the psychoactive effects. And uh, with that, of course, might explain why it works with Uh, treating uh, psychotic symptoms associated with conditions such as schizophrenia, but it probably means that most of us would not be at such great risk uh, if they were to try, and I say most only because there's obviously going to be some that are more sensitive uh, to certain uh, chemicals uh, just because of their genetic makeup or their biochemistry or biology, biochemical makeup, But there's going to be probably for most of us uh, a balance enough that we are not going to in any way have so much of the THC that we would become uh, influenced by psychoses or at least the the psychotic piece of the THC as combined together, the (laughs) tetrahydro with the cannabinoid, the THC. Uh, Because generally speaking, that's why pot, cannabis, is still categorized as an hallucinogen. (laughs) Because if it is such either naturally or through some sort of manipulation, laboratory manipulation, uh, designed or inclined to too much of the psychotic or if used in high enough amounts, dosing, Uh, people can become psychotic or have psychotic episodes uh, by using cannabis. We discussed that in a previous and prior podcast. So the CBD is sort of a natural buffer even with the THC and probably makes it tolerable in, in, in a way that allows whomever uses it, those that choose to use it, to not have to worry too much about becoming psychotic. But that in of itself should be buyer beware, because whatever you get, even if it is just, again, as good quality THC, uh, maybe it's just not really processed more than is necessarily for uh, someone to sell it, for you to purchase it. Uh, nonetheless, without there being some sort of a standard Uh, you really don't know what you're getting. And as we said again in previous podcasts, prior podcasts, it could actually cause you to be psychotic. So having said that, CBD is not entirely bad, even when it's in bad context of THC, if you consider THC as with an illicit substance, Uh, or at least the aspects of it that might be detrimental uh, to one's health and well-being, even so, it may be the thing that keeps it from becoming, for most of us, uh, an awful experience and the one that could trigger psychosis. Additionally, CBD also seems to reduce pain and anxiety. Now again, when it comes to uses and effectiveness, then WebMD would state, or does state, or acknowledge, that as far as CBD is concerned, it's likely effective for seizure disorders because it reduces seizures in adults and children with various conditions that are linked with seizures. It is even marketed as a prescription, CBD. And with that then, it has been not only used within the medical realm uh, as a medical treatment for seizures, but it's shown a certain degree of acceptable efficacy uh, with minimal risk of harm, making it a relatively safe drug to use under a physician's uh, supervision. And with that, their recommendations. CBD has been shown to reduce seizures in people with Sturge Weber syndrome, epilepsy and specific genetic disorders that cause epileptic encephalopathy. However, it's not approved for treating these other types of seizures, those beyond what I have mentioned. And with that, most often the CBD is also taken in combination with what is called an anticonvulsant or an anti-seizure medication. Some CBD products that are made in a lab are also being studied for epilepsy. But at this point, again, research, even with the likely effective label WebMD gives to CBD for the treatment of seizure disorder and particularly epilepsy, research continues to be rather limited and thus insufficient for them to say that it's been empirically established, evidence-based, that it is acceptable at the measure or level of significance necessary for it to be fully endorsed. And none of these products are approved as prescription drugs. So, that would be then why, once again, that outside of that very narrow scope of particular, and it's Dravet, I think is how you pronounce it, D-R-A-V-E-T. Oh, excuse me, that's the Dravet syndrome. Uh, besides the, the prescription drugs, and they didn't give the name, uh, that otherwise goes along with treating these particular conditions, uh, it is recommended that uh, more studies be done. Now, as far as the possibly effective category, there is some evidence that CBD may be beneficial in treating MS. And with that, there is a prescription-only nasal spray product, which they do give the name for this, Sativex, I believe is how you pronounce it, containing uh, both THC and CBD and has shown to be infecti- uh, effective infected, effective, for improving pain, muscle tightness, and urinary frequency in people with MS. It's used in over 25 countries outside the United States, but there's, again, inconsistent evidence on the effectiveness of CBD for symptoms of MS when it is used In isolation or alone. Now, (laughs) of all of the things, the therapeutic claims that go with CBD we mentioned a moment ago, the remainder that I'm going to mention, according to WebMD, is in the category of insufficient evidence. But it would not be noted if there was not at least some thought and anecdotally, evidence that CBD might help or does help with these conditions. A type of inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, called Crohn's disease, early research shows that taking CBD, however, does not show activity, uh, reduced disease activity in adults with Crohn's there is some, again, anecdotal evidence that is encouraging that one day, with proper research, we can establish, or it can be established, that it does. Why would there be a hope? Because, again, when it's compared to uh, other pharmaceuticals, available medications, uh, and at this particular point, uh, as much as, again, it's an, a categorized and sold on the open market as a dietary supplement or food, and it's not been pulled from the shelves, there's relatively little risk factor or low risk associated with the use of CBD. So it seems like it would be a good alternative, uh, especially when it comes to prescription medications, which does not mean that prescription medications are not good. It just means that if you might be able to address that at that level, that may be otherwise better than having to necessarily see a physician, see a psychiatrist, and get a prescription uh, for a particular uh, medication uh, that otherwise would be inclined to treat any of these uh, conditions that I'm, I'm reading through right at the present moment in the podcast uh, and in particular, the ones that seem to really be standing out as uh, with early evidence and again, optimism uh, could be helpful, such as sleep difficulties, uh, again, pain management, treatment of anxiety. There's also some hope that diabetes might be helped through the use of CBD. We mentioned earlier involuntary muscle contractions called dystonia, brain disorders such as Huntington disease, I mentioned MS earlier, also consideration of CBD as a possible aid in treating withdrawal from (laughs) such... Drugs as opiates, heroin, morphine, and other opioid drugs prescribed as well as non-prescribed. Parkinson's disease. We mentioned schizophrenia a few moments ago. Some interest in use of CBD in one's quitting smoking. And a type of anxiety marked by fear particularly when it comes to social situations or settings such as social anxiety disorder. A group of painful conditions that affect the jaw, joint, and muscle. TMJ. TMD. Nerve damage, neuropathy in the hands and feet, possibly bipolar disorder, possibly insomnia. However, more evidence is needed to rate the effectiveness of CBD for these uses. Now, you could look at that as, again, cautionary. Again, according to the empirical model, there has to be a level of significance attained in the trials, the studies, the efficacy of the particular uh, drug substance being studied, uh, and that's good, <laughs> because why would you take something again, Empire beware, that you're really not sure? But at the same time, it could also just be, by this point, we have not yet gotten to the level of either study to establish significance, and that possibly all this anecdotal report and evidence um, even some speculation, uh, theory, right, uh, might actually be right or indeed true or accurate. It just is going to take more research to establish that, and that is the scientific methodology, that is those highest of pharmaceutical standards, not only in the production, but also in the recommendations for use And, of course, that's all for public safety. And uh, why would you take something, again, just going back to that discussion a little earlier in today's podcast about THC, why would you use a substance that you know (laughs) or don't know enough about uh, or you know that you don't know enough about as to take the risk that it could result in something as harsh and severe as psychoses. Makes no sense at all. Side effects and safety when taken by mouth. CBD is possibly safe, according to WebMD, when taken by mouth or sprayed under the tongue appropriately. CBD in doses of up to 300 milligrams daily have been taken by mouth safely for up to six months. Higher doses of 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams daily have been taken by mouth safely for up to four weeks. Here's one of those prescription CBD products for epilepsy. I these medical names. <laughs> Epidiolex, E-P-I-D-I-O-L-E-X, is approved to be taken by mouth in doses of up to 25 milligrams Daily. CBD sprays that are applied under the tongue have been used in doses 2.5 milligrams for up to two weeks. Some reported side effects of CBD could include dry mouth, lowered blood pressure, possibility of lightheadedness due to that, and also believing that it could be due to that blood pressure issue, as well as some drowsiness. There is also possible signs of some liver injury reported in some patients, but the qualifier here as with WebMD is this is less common. So again, when you talk about topical applications when applied to the skin, there really isn't enough reliable evidence to really speak to as to whether or not there's any side effects or safety issues associated with the use of CBD in a topical manner. However, there are some special precautions and warnings, as there should be again. And once again, the notion is common sense. Why would you do something if you're really uncertain of it or if it's not established as efficacious then if any risk is associated with it, why would you try it? There's certainly alternatives. However, some special precautions and warnings include pregnancy and breastfeeding. CBD is possibly unsafe to use if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. CBD products, because again, we don't know who's manufacturing them. If the manufacturing process is of a certain pharmaceutical standard, industry standard, uh, but there may be contaminants in the CBD that could be harmful to the fetus or infant. And of course, as we mentioned when we did discuss THC and adolescent use of cannabis and of all the effects of uh, the THC on the developmental processes, physically, psychologically, emotionally, when it comes to the seizures... It appears that a prescription product, again, Epidiolex, is possibly safe when taken by mouth in doses of 25 milligrams daily and approved for use in certain children one year of age or older. People with liver disease may need to use lower doses of CBD compared to healthy patients. And when it comes to Parkinson's disease, some early research suggests that taking high doses of CBD might make muscle movement and tremors worse in some people with Parkinson's, which is a neurological, again, condition. So why did we spend a podcast on CBD? Well, there's much hope, of course, in anything that is readily accessible, relatively safe, uh, benign, that otherwise uh, could be herbal, much a more natural product that isn't necessarily synthetic as with having to be made in a laboratory. Uh, It might be more tolerated or better tolerated, generally speaking, throughout the whole body uh, because it is otherwise seen as otherwise benign or has fewer side effects. And with that then, there's certainly a lot of individuals have a lot of problems along the lines of these possible therapeutic benefits of CBD that then could afford it, could use it. Now, when it comes to the psychological counseling, anything that might help severely anxious patients would be of great value and benefit for as much as there are certainly medications, we've discussed this in prior podcasts, such as benzodiazepines, Uh, Sedative hypnotics, uh, minor tranquilizers, those run the risk of not only high tolerance, but also, because of that, withdrawal and risk of (laughs) becoming a substance use disorder. Uh, If CBD does not have any of that effect, we don't know of tolerance to the level uh, there's accommodation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's tolerance to the level of withdrawal. Uh, And many would argue the case that cannabis is only psychologically dependent, or one can only become psychologically dependent, risk of dependency, uh, that there's no physiological risk. Maybe, maybe not, but it certainly isn't the same as opiates and and benzodiazepines and and some of those other alcohol substances that we know for a fact Uh, not only are addictive But are lifetime addictions. Very difficult to maintain sobriety on, have incredible emotional, physical, psychological consequences to the user as well as those that are associated, has all sorts of societal sort of costs associated with the pattern of abuse and misuse, et cetera, et cetera. So, why not discuss it in optimistic or positive terms? And with that, although I would never make that recommendation without also all of these disclaimers that I gave you on today's podcast, I do think that the responsibility to make or the ultimate responsibility lies in the the individual who's making that choice. And with that then, hopefully being educated, a good bit of once more why uh, I present word (laughs) with... With Dr. Michael David Clay is so that you can be educated it is a treatment option of sorts although less formal than a prescription drug and certainly not something that most psychological counselors are going to go around and say you know you should be on cbd you know you should be on cbd have you tried cbd but it indeed may come up in conversation and again i think with proper education and information You, who now would then be, as I'm speaking at this moment, uh, as I'm addressing you at this moment, are the consumer. You'd have to make the decision whether that is beneficial or not, and certainly I'm not going to endorse a product that has not shown itself, uh, empirically so, to not only be safe, but efficacious, but at the same time, it may be a matter of time itself before that comes about. But some people, when they're experiencing such severe anxiety, maybe even the chronic pain, they measure that. Well, maybe I could use the CBD instead of the opiate because, again, of all the problems that are associated with opiate dependence and withdrawal. Maybe I could use CBD instead of some sort of set of nautic, uh, that, again, has all the problems associated with tolerance and withdrawal and potential for addiction or dependence. Maybe I can use it instead of a sleeping medication that's prescribed that goes along the lines, but maybe even uh, worse because the, the um, potency of the particular pharmaceutical, the drug that's being prescribed is so great that it just magnifies the effect of uh, the lesser or the minor tranquilizers. We call those major tranquilizers. Uh, Also when it comes to uh, pain management and sleep and anxiety, I want to do something that is as natural as I could possibly do if I'm the patient and maybe I just want to make sure that I don't rule out something that could be actually quite beneficial. There's many off-labels that doctors recommend. There's many dietary supplements. There's many herbal supplements that are commonly recommended for many behavioral health conditions as well as other physical health conditions. And your doctor, your medical doctor, would be the best person to be able to tell you whether this is appropriate. My job isn't, again, to tell you to take it. My job would be to give you this information and send you to your medical doctor so that you could ask them about that and their opinion. And if they're your medical doctor, you should have a trusting relationship with them, and with that, they should hold credibility. So that's why I thought it wise to offer today's podcast or information uh, on today's podcast about CBD. So, what does this do? <laughs> I should hear a rousing round of cheers and applause when I say this. There should even be the proverbial drum roll. This ends the series on substance use disorders. Again, for those of you who maybe have caught them all, congratulations, you finished the course. And it's all that I, one, believe that could be offered in a context of a podcast such as this or a broadcast such as this. And it's enough to give you a very good, not only general, but fairly detailed oversight or view of not only substance use disorders, but treatment options and With that, then, hopefully, as I've said, probably every podcast up to this one, and now even this last one in this particular series, it may help you to identify either in yourself or someone else a potential problem. And if you have knowledge and you're aware and the insight is there, get help now. Don't let it progress. Once it progresses, it becomes, with every day that goes by, much more difficult to treat. And if you are one of those unfortunate individuals that stumbles upon a particular substance that is your nemesis, so to speak, your Achilles heel, as they say, the one that you are going to become dependent upon, don't mess with it. And if you should already have gone too far, get help now. Seek treatment. Contact someone. You can contact me. You can contact a more local provider, not only psychological counseling, a licensed professional clinical counselor, A medical doctor, your primary care physician, your psychiatrist, if you should happen to be also seeing a psychiatrist, but all of us are there to help you to put together a treatment or action plan, and again, it's been a lot of detail. I've spent a lot of time presenting details of how that should work out, a treatment plan, an action plan, but those are your go-to's. Those are your sources or resources. And we're all there to help you. We all want to be of assistance. So if you need help, ask for it, you're certainly welcome to contact me. I post my uh, contact email address uh, on uh, the website or on the homepage of the podcast. Wherever you may be getting your podcasts, when you get to my uh, homepage or my podcast page, it's right there. Reach out. Email me. I'll be back with you. Promise. I'll get back to you. Uh, And with that then, hopefully, as Word with Michael or Dr. Michael David Clay continues, we're going to be going into other Behavioral health concerns and conditions such as depression and anxiety, childhood disorders, adult disorders, geriatric conditions. Uh, we're going to run the gamut. So we, we may do this forever, especially if it takes 21 episodes to talk about substance use disorder. But on that note, I would like to invite you back to catch our next podcast. And I guarantee you it will not only be interesting, well, I should say it this way not only informative, but hopefully interesting and somewhat entertaining. Again, thank you for joining me, Dr. Michael David Clay, on Word with Dr. Michael David Clay. Thanks.